Welcome to Say What, a fresh look at old sayings, the podcast which explores the origins, meaning, and value of old sayings, familiar expressions, and adages. I'm Dave Ellingson, adventurer, author, educator, and seeker of wisdom. Today's guest in our series on life journeys is singer-songwriter Rachel Kurtz. Welcome, Rachel. It is so good to be with you, Dave. This is going to be fun, and I'd like to begin just by asking you to kind of share some of your life journeys, some of the, the twists and turns, the high spots and the lows, the detours, kind of that the leads you to where you are today. Tell us about yourself. Thank you so much. Well, I grew up in a small town called Cocado, Minnesota. And uh, I grew up actually Pentecostal. And so the fact that I'm such a hardcore Lutheran right now is delightful. Because being from Minnesota, everybody assumes that, you know, duh, I've been Lutheran my whole life. And that is not true. And so um I, when I was a kid, my parents got divorced and I was one of two families in my whole church that had divorced parents. And so that was like a piece of shame for us. And, um, but also just a part of our life and we were super poor. And my mom is, um, I just come from a long line of, of hardworking blue collar folks. And so I was a singer ever since I was a kid but my mom's like, well, you can't do that for a living. So you, you've got to get it like a backup job because that's not something that you could actually do. Mm -hmm. And so I had ideas of what that looked like. And, but singing has always brought me so much joy. And then, um, I, uh, didn't, I don't have any degrees. I ended up going to a little bit of Bible school and that was like really, really great and got me into youth ministry. And then that got me into camp ministry. And so I just really, um, my whole life has just been one step and then the next step and then the next step. And so where people were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to college and then I'll find my person and I'll get married and we'll find the job and we'll have the house and the kids and da da da. My whole life has just been a series of, well, we'll just take this step now and we'll take that step. And it's just been amazing. And um, I was on a singing team for a year for an organization that no longer exists called Lutheran Youth Encounter. And that taught me everything about how I naturally was in the world, but gave sort of some, some foundation around how I do ministry and the fact that I've just made friends for the last 20 years. <laughs> and so I've, I still, even now, will stay in people's houses a lot when I'm on the road. Um, but then I just started doing a combination of working for organizations and churches and things like that, but then also, um, started traveling some and I used to, um, how I started doing music is I used to go on road trips and then I would just need to get enough money to get to the next gig. So I'd plan a big old road trip around one gig that I got. And then I would like get a hold of long lost cousins and I would get a hold of different folks and different churches. And I would be like, oh, can I just like stay at your house for four or five days? I mean, I was just audacious because when we were on the road with Youth Encounter, we stayed in host homes. And so I had just gotten used to staying in people's houses that I didn't know. And I, like I said, I've made friends for so many years. 
And my one big regret about that is that if I could have known how many homes I would stay in over the years, I would want to take a picture of the family that I stayed with, the, um, the place that I slept, whether it was a couch or a bed or a floor or a wherever. And I wish, and then I could just put the date and the family name in the town and then have that as my sofa book. I, just, I mean, like the coffee table book. I just think that that would have been brilliant. Um, how is that shaped? I'm curious. That's such a, I mean, talk about a journey and a and the road trip and a pilgrimage. I mean, how has oh, yeah. that shaped you and, and your music? Well, I, I just think um, I, I've always just absolutely loved people. I mean, I'm an extrovert's extrovert anyway, but everyone has a story to tell. And if you're willing to like sit with it, like it's, people are fascinating. And so I just, I did a lot of talking, of course, but also just a ton of listening. And I think, so I just think I have a really good read on people now because I've just met thousands and thousands, but I also recognize what a gift it was to be hosted over and over again. And so the way I'm generous in my life and how I welcome people into my home is absolutely shaped by that. And I remember being that young and how, you know, I mean, a hundred dollars would make a massive, massive difference in my life. And so I'm really, really trying to teach my children that, that generosity is like a key to living. Like if you get some, share some, and then also, you know, take care of yourself. Like there's a, a limit to it, but it's, but it's just, it's absolutely changed how I am in the world. And then I also think, I just never wanted to be one of those musicians that would go into a place and like sing and then leave. Like, I wanna know who I'm singing to. I wanna know your favorite things. Like, it just makes it more fun for everybody when we get the time to hang out. And I think a big part of my life, also because I do a lot of speaking as well, um, now as an adult, like, uh, I just think that as we are vulnerable and share who we are, it gives people permission then to be vulnerable and share who they are. And we just want to know that we're not alone. We just want to know that other people have had these experiences. And so, I mean, I've had very formative things happening my whole journey on the road, like dating and getting my heart broken and finally finding my husband and getting married and then having it go poorly and getting a divorce. And like, there's just people along the way that have given me wisdom. And then I'm able to share my own wisdom that I've gotten along the way. So... Well, one of those things you mentioned is your kids. You are yeah. a singer, songwriter, mom. How, how do you juggle that? How does that, how does that work for you? <laughs> well, I, I love that. So I've got three kids. Henry's 12, Lucy is 10, and Benton is 7. And I realized a few years after I'd had all of them, I never asked permission. I just would inform my people, I'm taking my, my baby will be with me. I mean, I, I, I nursed all of my kids, and so... There was no like leaving them home with their dad when they're teeny tiny babies, they needed to be with me. And so, um, yeah, I would just take my babies on the road and then I'd find a kind human being that was in a church that I was at and say, Hey, do you want to hold my cute baby? And then I like, as a safety measure, I mean, I would just make sure that they were fed and clean and ready to go so that they could just stay with the person. And then I'd be like, Hey, you just can stay in the room during the concert. And so I, I literally watched, my baby the whole time I was singing on a number of occasions. Because so people the would be like, roadies. what's that? They were the original roadies. 
Oh, they were. I mean, and they, and, and it was just, it was beautiful specifically with Benton. So my youngest, I, uh, in 2012, I sang at this huge national youth gathering in new Orleans and had these really incredible experiences. Um, I, they had me rewrite the words to Leonard Cohen's hallelujah. And I was on um, stage and it was, it was one of the holiest moments I, I've been a part of. And I was literally 36 weeks pregnant with Benton. <laughs> and so I was really pregnant and this like really majestic thing happened. And as soon as we hit the first chorus, 36,000 kids started singing hallelujah together in the Superdome. And there was ballerinas and there was, and there was these huge balloons and, you know, a whole dance number and then a huge choir join. And it was just this, absolutely spectacular thing but the most glorious part of it was hearing everybody sing together and they, and it they were made, singing to benton right they were they, they were, were they were specifically singing to my baby no and i was trying not to sob because i was so pregnant and i was just going well my baby is experiencing this with me and so david Scherer, a friend of mine who's a rapper and extraordinary human being um he had set up this whole tour for after that huge national youth gathering so i literally flew home Four weeks later, had my third C-section and had Benton. And then four weeks later, I was on the road with a baby. And we did this huge tour. So by the time Benton was six months old, we'd been to 22 states. Now, I recall, didn't you, wasn't there a cause around that tour? Oh, absolutely. We, we, I think that that was the Clean Water Campaign. But we've also done fundraising for the malaria campaign, anti-malaria campaign. And, and um, yeah, we've done a number of things with ELCA World Hunger, and that that organization is phenomenal. So, so singer, songwriter, um, journeyer, road trip person, yeah. mom, activist. Yeah. What Where does that come from? Well, I mean, number one, obviously, um, growing up poor, again, I understand how we are called to share. And uh, I can't, I remember when I was sitting outside watching my kids play and we were getting ready for the clean water campaign and getting ready for, um, you know, the big youth gathering and all of that. And I just thought, I love raising my kids. I love raising my children. But I, I want to be able to make a difference in the world which is of course a song that I then wrote and we'll talk about that in a second and I can sing it if you want. Um, but I, I was like really thinking about, I just, I want my life to, to matter, not because I need to matter, but because I want to make as much difference as I can. And I, and I think that there, I mean, I don't do a great job at that all the time and I can get really self-centered, but when I can share, it's the best. I mean, I just absolutely love it. I love the fact that that we that we have the opportunity um, as people of of uh, privilege being in, in this country that we can that we can use our lives to to impact other people's and I think also um, because I was a, a Pentecostal kid and I'd gone on mission trips and and I've traveled to different countries and traveled to developing areas like when you recognize how people live all over the world you can't forget that. And so I remember being in West Africa and I was sitting up with this um, old missionary guy and I said, well, what's, what's the point of all this? I was like 23. Like, what are we supposed to learn from all this? And how, are, how is this supposed to 
go. And he's like, what do you want more than anything right this minute? And I said, um, ice water. <laughs> Cause I just missed ice so bad. I love ice water. It's my favorite thing. And he's like, so maybe one of the days years from now, and you're sitting down to this beautiful meal, you can remember what it was like to just, all you wanted was some ice water. Like just let, let all of these experiences dwell in you and 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 when you remember then do that um we we also have a friend sunita morta and her mom has an orphanage and my friend jayanti and i went to india for a month i mean a million years ago now and um you know it's just remembering that the kids are there every single day you know and there's people that have need and when i have the opportunity i'm called to help and then, and then there's times like those tours that we've done where we get to call attention to it and, and remind people that these, this is it, we're all in this together. And obviously right now in our country, we're recognizing that globally we are in this together and we need to try to take care of each other. So, and then also obviously then other things, you know, I mean, my kids are half black and so I recognize, yeah. You know, racism is alive and well, and I and I'm, I'm I mean I've got phenomenal friends that are brilliant and are are um, doing all sorts of incredible work in for all sorts of things, and so I'm lucky. Well, you wrote a song that has become an anthem. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Would you yes. Would you share it with us? Because absolutely, it really encourages me. It encourages young people to make a difference. And well, the thing that's so great about this song is it's the gift that keeps on giving. And so I've gotten to rewrite it a little bit and um, Boys and Girls Club of America used it. And I got to rewrite some verses for a specific campaign for the Indian Nepal. There's a floodplain and Lutheran World Relief is working with the people in that whole area in India and Nepal in the floodplain to try to, to bring disaster relief and, and all sorts of stuff. So I, I love this song and it's always shocking to me when I sing it with people and then as soon as i start it people like cheer like it's the weirdest job it really is a weird job that i that for my job i would say hi my name is rachel kurtz and then people go like <laughs> and so again that i wrote a song in my backyard while i was watching my kids swing on the swing set and now people sing it when i'm not around is just the coolest thing ever so anyway this is that song You gave your life to make a difference. You gave your life to make a change. You welcomed all to your table. You're calling us to do the same. I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to make a change. I want my life to do some good here. I want my life to make a change. Working side by side, no outer inside. Together we can make that change with a few or many with a lot or not any. Together we can make that change. I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to make a change. I want my life 
change Crossing the great divide Joy and peace will abide Together we can make that change Jesus is our peace All fighting will cease Together we can make that change I want my life to make a difference Shine with the rain, we're the joy with the pain, we're the change. You heal the sick and fed the poor, you love the prophet and the whore. Through us, you will do more. You're the change. I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to make a change. I'm applauding out here in Seattle. They're applauding. <laughs> that was wonderful. Thank you. I was tapping my toe and I thought, oh my goodness, is that, are they going to pick up my toe tapping? Well, that would be all right. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. That's a, it's, it really kind of inspires and it's very singable. And, and, and the music that you write is, is that way. It has such a, a human feel to it and such energy. And um, now you've, you've, fairly recently completed a new album. Yeah, yeah. And, and it has a, a little different feel. I've been listening to it. I love it. Its <laughs> title is, the name is Love, comma, Rachel Kurtz. Yep. I, Did I get it right? It's a love letter to everybody. It's a love letter. Yeah, Tell yeah. us about that process. It, yeah. it, it has a different feel, and, and it's pretty much all original music. It is every single song I wrote it, yep. Mm -hmm. And so that song or that record is the best record I've made so far, in my strong opinion. And um, I started a number of years ago, maybe six years ago, singing. Um, I, I met Tommy Barbarella, who um, was in the new power generation with Prince. And I met him in an, a delightfully odd way when I was making a different record of mine, uh, Broken and Low Down. So he ended up playing on it. And then he ended up asking me to do this gig with him. And, and then I ended up um, singing a song on a Christmas album that they were making as a fundraiser for the Bridge for Youth, which is an LGBTQ um, shelter for homeless youth that are in the um, queer community. And, um, and it was really funny because he was trying to find out what song I wanted to sing. And I was like, well, Oh Holy Night is my absolute favorite. <laughs> Christmas song to sing and he's like I don't really like it and I mean there was just these great players that were I mean just absolutely like top-notch players playing with him and then um he wanted me to sing this other song and then someone else could do it and so he was like well Rachel you're gonna get your wish come true and we're gonna do a holy night so we we recorded a holy night it was spectacular I mean they played it so cool I mean they just they made it sound so cool and so I went and um, did the CD release party at the Ice House, which is a, a club in Minneapolis, this really great club. It's a restaurant and it's got good food and good drinks and um, it's a really good listening room. And um, I sang that night and it was the first time 
really playing in a club was that night. I mean, I've done it a little bit before that, but that was because I was a church singer all through my twenties and thirties. This was the first time I'd been in, you know, like an actual cool bar with a cool band and blah, blah, blah. And I'm telling you that night was, uh, it was just electric. And Tommy was like, when you sing, the room shuts up in a way that he was just surprised by the whole thing. Anywho, there's more to that story. But um, so I started playing with these band of guys that were in town, just phenomenal guys. I mean, people that play with everybody. I mean, Tommy also toured with um, one of the Jonas Brothers, Nick Jonas and the something or another. Starts with an R. Sorry that I can't remember it right now. Um, and, uh, you know, my drummer played with on tour with Sarah Bareilles and Owl City. And I mean, he, the, he's been with all sorts of famous folks and, and they would just come and Sarah Groves people and like all these really, really talented guys. And I'm like, you're just going to come and like play for whatever we get at the door, like for me. But what happened at the ice house was I could sing all the flirty songs. I couldn't sing in church though. I sing some flirty songs in church. Cause I think that's important. But I also did it literally to remember the joy of just singing your butt off. Like, I love singing everywhere I go, but when you do something for a job, there's ways that you, there's like a, there's a ways that you settle into it in ways that you forget. Like when you're in your twenties and you're learning a new instrument, you just hang out and you jam and you play and you sing songs for each other. And like the ice house was to remember my artist's heart. And so we would just make it an event. And every couple of months we'd play at the ice house. And like, because we didn't do it very often, people would show up and we would just have a party. And then I had to get, you know, a couple beautiful little lessons in there where I remembered how I was professional and how I wasn't. Cause I also had done church gigs a lot. And then I was at a club and I could drink tequila and that, you know, if you just have one too many, then you say some things that maybe, yeah. you know, you wouldn't want to say other times. <laughs> and so it was just, it was just beautiful. And so the songs that came out of that and that developed out of that time, because, you know, I mean, every song I write is about relationship, whether it's relationship with each other or relationship with God, like it's all relationship. And so this last record, it was like, I'm going to put a record together with all of that music on it. And I, and I had gotten divorced and, and so some of the music that came out of that, but, but I, and then started dating. And so the music like that comes with dating and getting your heart broken and things working out or not working out. And, and it ends with a song called single parenting. And um, I just have never worked so hard on anything in my whole life. I've never invested that much money in a record and it was worth every penny. And I've never actually even had my face on a cover cover of an album. And I hired a local artist, her name is Shelly Mossman, and and um, her hair person and her makeup person. And I mean, and we just did this whole dope photo shoot. <laughs> and the picture on the cover is the pretty. It's just a work of art. It's absolutely spectacular. I'm and then people come to my concerts and they're like, "That's you." That, that's you in that picture. <laughs> well, you are gorgeous. It's worth it. I'd put it up on my wall, you know? <laughs> it, it is. It's just so cool. And I really want to like someday make a vinyl of it because vinyls are coming back so well. And that, that just needs to be the, 
it needs to be on the vinyl. I'm telling you, but, it, but the problem is, is I have to cut 10 minutes out of the record and that's really hard for me because every song, I mean, I just, every single song on that record matters to me. So Rachel, this has been unbelievably fun. I hope it's been fun for you too. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's a song from that album that you would like to sing us out with. Is there one that uh, stands Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Uh, um, this is a song I wrote. I uh, met a fella on the internet because internet dating is a thing. And um, our conversation so struck me that I wrote a song before I ever met him. And then we went on our first date and I finished it after our first date. And um, when I recorded it on the record, um, the guy that was, uh, we were looking all over for the right guitar player to, cause he's like, one of my producers was like, it just needs to be stomps and clapped or like stomps and guitar and your voice and that's it. We need to do it straight to tape. We're not gonna do it through Pro Tools. I've got this basement studio we're gonna go to. He's like, buy a bottle of good whiskey and let's do it. And, and it, I'll, long story short, the perfect guitar player for it was my ex-husband. And so I called him and I'm like, I got, I have this money. Would you be willing to come play the song for me? And he's like, yeah, like if you're paying me, great. And I'm like, just so you know, like the, the guy I'm dating is that he's going to come to the studio too, because if he's there, I'll show off and then I'll sound better. And Michael's like, I don't care. Like if you're paying me money, great. I'm done. I'm in. And it was just awesome. And it was the second take that we put on and like we filmed it and there's a video of it on the internet. And um, I'm telling you, it was so great. And I had to really like do some work, like emotional work to get ready because there's two very powerful men in my life were at the studio at the time. And um, yeah, so I love this song. Here we go. Oh, you got me shook. You eyes and lips and eyes now I'm deciphering truth from lies and you just read me like a book oh now daddy you got me shook Ooh, you got me shook promise rapture now I'm captured play the game that you have mastered you're the king and I'm the rook Oh, my daddy, you got me. Oh, my God, me. Ooh, you got me too. Oh, now you got me too. You got me. Oh, my God, me. Just one word was all it took. Oh, now, baby, you got me too. Sweet submission, you divine took possession. Angel and serpent from the book. One our glory be, oh God, mistook. You're the ocean, I'm pulled under. You're the lightning, I'm the thunder. I'm the fish and you're the hook. 
The title of that song is, I assume, shook. you got shook. me shook? Yeah, shook. Okay. Tell me this as we kind of wrap up. If folks want to get your CDs, yeah. T-shirts, uh, your gear, book you for a gig. I know it in pandemic time is probably a tough thing to kind of schedule stuff, but but how do they reach you? Um, RachelKurtz.com. You can get it. Um, my music's on Spotify, but if you love independent artists, feel free to listen to them on Spotify. That's fantastic. Also buy a CD or just send them in a little extra because I get like two cents or even sometimes less than that per play. And back in the day, you know, you'd buy an album and I'd get $15. And so it, people are like, oh, I'll just put you on repeat at night when I'm sleeping. And that doesn't happen. So just remember to like give the little extra to, to, to thank artists for what, what they're doing. And I'm not just talking about me. There's all artists. This is a huge way you can support them during COVID is go buy their stuff. And then also, if someone really is um, impactful to you, go write them a note. Tell them what their music means to you. And that makes a world of difference because you've sort of, um, when you're not playing, it's not like my identity is only wrapped up in music, but every single job that I have is with people. And so I can't do any of them right now. I do do some services and stuff online, which has been great. But um, yeah, it, it, it's, you just sort of go, is it even necessary? And then people remind you that indeed what you do matters. And so that's really great. Well, I know I speak for your many, many, many friends and your many, many, many fans. We love your music and we love you, Rachel Kurtz. Thank, Thank you for this Thank great you. conversation and for the music, we love you. Thank you so much, Dave. Until next time, I'm Dave Ellingson, and this has been Say What? A Fresh Look at Old Sayings the podcast which explores the origin, meaning, and value of old sayings, familiar expressions, and adages. Tune in to Say What on your mobile device, computer, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Next up in our series entitled Life Journeys will be Lyle Greiner from Peer Ministry Leadership, sharing about his life and the power of relationships. For more information about my books and films, check out my website, dellingson.com. And thanks for listening.